So, I was thinking, how does one truly take their time? I answer this question alongside others during my interview with Zoe Toy. Zoe, a Philadelphia native, and I talk about what it's like to grind it out for five years in her first job out of college. Additionally, she shares insight on moving to an unfamiliar field, career FOMO, and the little things. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Thank you for listening, and I'll see you on the other side. Thank you, Zoe, for joining me today. I really appreciate it. For those out there that are listening um, and might not be familiar with who you are, can you just tell me a little bit more about who you are and what's your story? Sure. Um, so I'm Zoe Toy. I'm from Philly, 26 years old. I've <laughs> been in Philly my whole life, so I went to middle school, high school, college at University of Pennsylvania, and I have been working in the city ever since. For college, I studied communications and sociology, and I minored in Spanish. For the previous five years, I was working at an event production company, and now I work at an association management company. Okay, because I remember last time we talked that I was really trying to get over, like, what does that entail? I know you said that it's you're kind of almost outsourcing the management side of professional association companies and organizations to you guys. Um, so what does your day-to-day look like now? So basically an association will come to us. They're a mid-sized association. The bigger ones are standalone, so they have their own full-time staff. So they come to us for basically all the services that it would take to run their association. Everything from collecting their membership dues every year to planning their events, their annual conference, being an advocate on their behalf for government affairs, doing their bookkeeping, literally everything that it would take to run an association. Instead of having a full-time staff, they bring it to us and we're able to leverage a few efficiencies with our IT, for example, or our copy machine. They don't have to have their own copy machine, their own physical address. We, we provide that for them. Cool. Yeah. I, I like the fact that you guys have copy machines because I feel like with uh, like small businesses and, and I guess small organizations, uh, there's so many different things that you think like, oh, I don't need this. And then you get somewhere and you're like, oh, I definitely do. But looking at your career, in addition to your work now, you worked at ESM and I believe you've been there for five years. That was like your first job out of college, correct? Correct. Yeah. So I'm really intrigued by kind of your experience there in, first of all, getting that job out of college, like what that entailed for you, as well as moving up through the company. And, and, you know, I've never really done that. Yeah, I was really fortunate, I think, to get a good opportunity to work at a small company that they were able to see the positives in not just me, but my other coworkers and kind of take chances on younger talent and really bring us up and teach us a lot of stuff while we were on the job. I started as an intern during my last year of college, so the summer before senior year of college. Um, What really got me interested in in the event production side of things was I was really involved in theater production at Penn. I was the chair of my theater group. We would put on a a production every 
semester and I got really into that. And I saw this as kind of a way to take my kind of technical knowledge, expand on it because events, there's a whole technical side to things that people don't always realize. Um, I think people think of maybe party planning versus a full-on concert. There's a lot more that goes into it versus a wedding. Not that people who plan weddings aren't working really, really hard too. It's just a very different thing. Um, I would not want to plan anyone's wedding, um, and I think the people who do that just they yeah. wear a different hat completely. No, I have a, I have a couple of friends that um, are in that business, and they will you know if they hear this, they'll definitely be <laughs> upset. Like what? Like, but yeah, no, I, I definitely think it's just different. different. They, and I couldn't do what they do, and I, I don't. And they could probably or what I did, they could probably figure out what I did also. But it's, it's not about that. It's just completely different. Your clients are different. It's just. Yeah. You care a lot more about the flowers than you do about whether your stage is constructed properly. Difference is a different thing. So anyway, I, I did that for my whole senior year, an internship. Um, and I think that gave me an opportunity to prove myself, show what I had to offer skills-wise. It was, in a way, like an extended job interview, right? Because there's no guarantee, especially at a small company, that at the time when you are graduating that they're going to have a position for you, right? Because if there's only, let's say, seven to ten employees at a company, all of a sudden if you ask for a job when you graduate from your internship, now they're increasing their workforce by 10%, right? So yeah. it's you have to sell yourself, and I think that I tried to do that with everything I was doing in my internship, being someone who you give them the task and they're not going to just forget about it and not do it. They're going to follow through. So that was huge. And just kind of distinguishing myself and what my skills were versus someone else. Um, I think I did bring that communication background from my studies into it because I ended up working on a lot of different proposals we had for new business using my writing skills. And this was in your internship, like you were doing that? Yeah. Wow. I would say towards the tail end of my internship and then coming into my full-time position when I graduated. Yeah. That was a skill that I brought to the table that, one, the organization felt they could use, and two, it kind of distinguished me from other people who might have just sent in a resume. They got to see those skills developing in me, and they got to see kind of how I interacted with everyone, too. So it has to be a cultural and a kind of organizational fit as well. It's really interesting that you talk about just the value that you leverage to show that I can do something that not many other people can do that you're looking to hire. Because there is this book called, actually, I was just listening to a podcast with him earlier today, but Cal Newport has this book called So Good They Can't Ignore You. So anyway, it's based off a quote from a comedian about being so good that they can't ignore you. And while it's not necessarily talking about just leveraging your skills in that way, the idea of that is, you know, you should be able to hone in on skills. Maybe it's not your passion, but use that in a way that makes you indispensable. I really think that idea of like being indispensable to someone and, and putting yourself in a position where like no matter who else they think about hiring, like they're gonna look at you and be like, yes, you're the person to be our uh, you know manager or production manager or whether that's social media, you know, or other things. So I think that's really interesting. Leveraging off of that with your you know, current role, how did that transition 
kind of happen? Was it like you woke up one day and was just like, you know what? I'm events are cool, but like I can definitely like do more. I can, I want to do associations now. Like how how does that go? I think you have to do a little bit of kind of looking inward when you're making any big transition. Um, I was feeling comfortable where I was for sure, just having been there for five years. Um, and it was my first job out of college, so there's that kind of aspect to it. I just wanted to see what else was out there, I think. And, okay. But I didn't want to just jump off a ledge and not have anywhere <laughs> to go. So I did I did wait it out. I didn't you know, just decide to quit one day. I think that there's some people who can do that and they can get away with it and great for them. I, I'm kind of a planner, so I didn't want to just you know put in my notice and say I'm moving on. But I also felt that, okay, after five years, I do want to see how other industries operate, how other companies operate. Because, I mean, that's the one thing, I guess, it can be a double-edged sword about a small company is it's small, so you get to really interact with everyone. You get to interact with the CEO of your company every day on a daily basis, and you get to become good friends with your coworkers. Then on the other hand, that can kind of, you might want to hold yourself back because it feels so comfortable and you know everyone so well. And really, you don't know what the culture is going to be like at a different small company. Um, and can, you might feel afraid that you can't recreate that feeling somewhere else. Um, so I definitely thought about it a lot before I decided on anything. And um, I think I found a place where it's a different culture, for sure, but it's not so different that I can't relate to it. Okay. That's, that's, well, that's good. I think uh, I definitely agree with you on that. You know, right now where I'm at, um, it's not necessarily a small company per se. It has a global presence. Um, they have like a thousand employees or over a thousand employees, but the team I'm working on is small. Um, so at times it does feel like we're the only ones out here doing what we do. And what I've realized, at least working here, is it feels like almost like joining a family, which Probably sounds paradoxical because you can't choose to join a family, but with that, it's just, okay, I'm selected to be a part of this group, and now it's figuring out my place and figuring out, and it does take a lot of, of work, and then once you do that, it kind of, you're like, you're entrenched in that, so it's definitely hard to, like, if you ever want to, like, get outside of that bubble or, or move somewhere else, you're kind of like, well, will I be accepted? And you don't want to feel like, well, I didn't want to feel like when I left my other job that I was abandoning the ship. It's the people you see every single day and you work so hard together. And now all of a sudden, well, I got my new, like I have a new job. So see ya. Yeah. And I think I still have a good relationship with actually a lot of my coworkers and everyone that I worked with before, even the people that left before me, um, because there's always going to be turnover. People don't stay at their job for 60 years anymore. So, you know, there's going to be people coming and going, but I've been fortunate to stay in, in good terms with 90% of the people that I worked with before. I think that's something I learned being here. Um, we've had a couple people, you know, move on for a variety of different reasons. And, you know, you, you think like, oh man, like, should we not talk to them anymore? It's kind of like Mean Girls or something where you're like, oh, they're not part of the clique anymore. <laughs> But no, it's been it's been amicable. Definitely been okay. No one's gotten upset. I think at the end of the day, you realize that people have different intentions and people have different focuses. 
and what might be right for one person at that company might might not be right for another and so sometimes you have to move on to the next but yeah going on from that i think with this kind of got to this point but i definitely want to hear more on your thoughts about being i guess intentional with your decisions but also i know it's kind of really too early to call but do you see your passions fueling you uh, to follow different paths in the rest of your career or like how does that play in in terms of like your creative passions now i think what's cool actually that i didn't expect with this new job is that i'm learning that you kind of grow and change even past when you're you, you, you know you think you're one way and then all of a sudden you realize oh you know what there's something i could have that i didn't realize was a passion before but i can get into that so at my new job, I've gotten to get involved with government affairs, um, oh, wow. and that's been really kind of eye-opening to me. I've always been somewhat politically knowledgeable, I guess I'll say. I don't keep up enough with <laughs> everything that's going on, especially these days, but um, I grew up in a very politically-minded household, so that's never been, you know, some, some families I'm sure don't talk about it at all. My family talked about it maybe too much? <laughs> almost too much, uh, almost too much, yeah. Is there so, such a thing? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So in that way, it's been cool. It was kind of an underlying passion that I didn't really tap into before. And so this new job, while I'm not necessarily doing the things that I loved with my theater background in college, you know, that, kind, that passion, while I still would enjoy going to a musical or a play, you know, that wasn't what I wanted to do for my career and I figured that out and this new side of things it's kind of interesting that that's coming out that of course like I should have known that that would be something I'd be interested in just because of like I said my background my household growing up but it just didn't occur to me to get involved with that before and now it's kind of the light bulb goes off yeah oh okay that's actually a good idea I should go in so that's really cool that you like were able to say okay this might not be the exact thing that I'm like passionate about, but there are aspects of this that kind of you can take from that and glean from that experience. And you're like, this makes my job really cool. This makes me get up in the morning. I mean, I, I'm really interested when people are able to do that. I guess, do you think that your future holds like staying in association management, I guess, let's say. <laughs> I'm curious because I think that's a, a really niche field that if you ask me, like, what do I want to be when I grow up? I would not say working at this, like, that type of company. Yeah. And I, I don't think that 90% of people out there realize that that the field I'm in now even exists. Yeah. Even people who belong to an association, like I'm a member of a couple different associations or membership-based groups, which is, at the end of the day, that's what we are. We're we manage membership-based groups, right? And it never occurred to me somehow that those groups had to be managed by someone, right? (laughs) (laughs) They don't just happen. You know, the people who are planning the meetings and events and conferences and stuff, they're they're people that have jobs and that's their job. So I I, I like it. I I think I'm still early enough in my career to say I don't know yet where I'm going to end up. I think that's, sometimes that's what keeps me up, honestly, is what is my end goal? Because there's days where, you know, where the little things keep you up at night. Like, oh, man, like, I really have to send that email tomorrow. And then there's other days where you have that more existential crisis of, like, what is my life going to be? And that keeps me up at night sometimes because I'm not, I'm not there yet where I see, 
you know, my friends that are going to medical school, for example, they see the light at the end of the tunnel. Even if it's a really far in the distance light, they're like, one day I'm going to be a doctor and I'm going to work in a hospital or whatever. I don't have that, you know, end game. There's no, like, ideal, like, image of what success is. Right. And it's cool because you can kind of just go with the flow and, okay, I like this. Let me keep going with this. See where this takes me. On the other hand, it's kind of terrifying because it's just, (laughs) you're walking into the unknown. Yeah, no, it it definitely, career building is definitely anxiety inducing. I think I, I still don't have my career figured out. I don't think anyone does. I was having a conversation with someone who had, uh, I guess, Chamber of Commerce of Philadelphia. Shouts out to them, by the way, um, about that event. And I was like, oh yeah, like, did you imagine you would be doing, um, I think it was like insurance. He's like, to be honest, I still haven't figured out what I want to do. I'm just doing this. So I think there's always a little bit of that where it's kind of this questioning of like, oh, like, is this the end goal? Like, am I approaching some kind of end goal? I know for me, just asking the question like, A, do I feel like I'm making a difference? B, am I, do I feel like I'm being respected and I guess appreciated for my my role or my place in this industry? I think is really helpful because like if you can't answer uh, positively to those, then you're like, what are you doing? You're, you're essentially wasting your time when you could be helping someone else in a way that helps you as well. I don't know. That's, that's my view. But yeah, going off of that, then outside of the realm of like your, your role and whatnot, what do you do that for you helps you live like, a productive life? Really what I'm trying to ask is, what do you do that helps you live your best life? For me, I want to always keep in mind the little things that will make me happy. One of my favorite things is just a Sunday morning where there's not anything to do. And I'll go, uh, my boyfriend and I will walk to a local produce shop that we like to go to in our neighborhood. And we'll just look at different produce and figure out something cool to cook that week. Just those little things where you can just take a breath, not feel like you have to rush around and do anything. So I kind of really like to have those moments interspersed throughout. I like to be busy also, so I'm kind of always at odds with myself where I want to, if I'm at home, I get fidgety sometimes. Like I want to clean my whole bathroom (laughs) or something, right? But then there's other times where I don't want to do anything and I just want to find the balance between those times where you want to get everything done and be super productive because that has a different kind of good feeling that comes along with it. You know, you get that rush of like, all right, I did something good and I didn't waste my day. But then on the other hand, those days where you can just like walk to a produce shop and browse the browse the aisles, it's kind of nice. So Yeah. There is nothing like the feeling of like a clean space. Like once you do like cleaning, you're just like, oh, awesome. I did if nothing else positive happens in the day, like at least I got this clean. I don't know. For me, my thing, um, I was actually talking about with someone working out. So I've just now gotten back into the habit of working out due to injuries and whatnot. I wasn't really doing that. And, you know, I realized like one day I was like, it was a really bad day, but I worked out. I was like, well, I don't even care because I, I got to the gym. Like, great. Because it's something about like lifting things up and putting them down, as yeah. they say. So I, I think it's cool that you have your own version of that where you're like, hey, we could go to a farmer's market and check out some produce or whatnot, or maybe, you know, not, and, and, you know, I could do a bunch of different things to help me feel productive. 
but at least you understand like this is what I feel in need right now and this is like what helps me feel yeah. productive. And I've set some goals for myself too for this um, year coming up. Cool. Not really specific goals for my career or anything like that, but more on my personal life side of things. Okay. I want to go and do at least once a month something that will make me happy. So cool. signed up to do a pottery class, a wheel throwing class where you just like put a chunk of clay down on a wheel and you make a bowl. So I signed up to do one of those classes and I think actually it starts on Saturday. So. Oh, wow. Well, good luck with that. Yeah. I mean, it's something I did. Actually, I did it in college. One of my, one semester, I just oh. took a class and it was not difficult mentally. It was difficult physically and it was like long hours too because it was one of those things where you know, art students, they have it hard, really hard. I don't know if I could have done that. You have just these projects you have to finish right and there that was one of the only buildings on campus that was open 24 7 so anyway I did do that in college I really enjoyed it despite sometimes spending a weekend in the in the arts building but oh man and I hadn't, and I hadn't done it for years because it's something you can't just like oh I have my pottery wheel in my yeah, apartment well, let me now. just buy let some just, clay yeah, exactly fire up the kiln like so <laughs> I set aside some money I said okay it's going to be a little pricey because it's a I think like eight to ten week course or something so set that aside that's something that I really wanted to do and that was one of my goals and I, you, know, you really have the money and then you have to go do it because yeah. you don't want to waste it do you feel because you set aside the money to do it that you're more motivated you're like okay like I have to do it now like I, I you know I save all this money for nothing if I don't go or is it like you already have this goal and you're like well I'm gonna hit it let me save aside the money like it's kind of like a chicken egg what comes yeah. first yeah. I think for that one, definitely, it wasn't real until I put the money, okay. put the money out there. But then there's certain things where I, my gym membership every month comes out of my bank account, and <laughs> I'm lucky if I go five times a month. Yeah, yeah. It's just, especially in the winter, it's so hard to. You leave work and it's dark out already. It's like five o'clock, and yeah. you, it looks like it's ten o'clock. You just your body kind of goes into that sleepy mode. And then I get home and I'm like, oh, it's only six o'clock. I guess I should go to the gym. <laughs> like yesterday, I made myself go to the gym. That's fair. But, but that's, that's like it. the money where the money's out there, but it doesn't make me go that much more. <laughs> You're like, oh, yeah, mm, whatever. I'll, I'll go next month. Like that's where that happens. Almost getting on topic, off topic. Uh, is your gym like close to where you work or live? Because I know, oh man, uh, James Clear. Uh, I don't know if you've heard of him. He's an author, blogger. He has a new book out, Atomic Habits, and he talks about how, um, you know, chaining together habits. So, like, mm-hmm. if it's close by, you'll do it more. Like, I think they said they did a study where they made people work out somewhere near their route of um, their commute. And they increased, like, exponentially. Like, everybody was working out just because of that simple, like, location change. So, I don't yeah. know. Well, it's close to my house, and technically... If I, this is where, again, the money thing, if I up my membership, there's another location in Center City that's like two uh, blocks from my office that I could join, but I don't want to pay an extra $20 a month to probably yeah. not go there. So it's near, it's basically on the way home from when I get off the subway to go home. Hmm. So it should theoretically be easy, but I still need to go home then. And grab your grab stuff. Grab my stuff. Then, so actually, the few t- there was a few times where I was like, I'm just going to bring a gym bag with me to work. 
and then I put my sneakers, my gym clothes in there, yeah. and then and I felt like I had to go because I had the bag. I didn't want to have the bag for nothing. Yeah. So maybe I should start doing that again, actually. Um, <laughs> now that you it. it seems like, I don't know, with putting my psychology hat on, it seems like when you invest up front, you don't want to let yourself down. I know that doesn't work for everyone. Yeah, I, something to consider. A um, couple questions I, I just remember I had. What motivates you on a day-to-day basis or in your life? Like, what kind of motivates you Like, with your role uh, now? Or just, you know, with some of those passion projects, is there, like, inspiration for doing that? Because I know for me, some of the goals I have this year are just, like, they're really intermotivated, but some of them are, like, just because I see other people in my life or, like, because I want to live up to those expectations, so. Yeah. yeah. Honestly, it's a big struggle, I feel like. I do. I have a lot of internal motivation to do things, I think, um, I think I always have. It's kind of weird. You know, I was always that student that wanted to get A's, not because my parents told me I had to or they incentivized me with money. Like, oh, if you get all A's, we'll give you 50 bucks or something. No, I just wanted to get all A's. Like, that was just always my goal, right? I think it's funny that that still, it's not A's. It's I don't know exactly what it is that still motivates me, but it's I don't want to let myself down, I guess, is mostly what it is. I don't want to put something out there that's subpar. I Sometimes I cringe at myself when I put a period in the wrong spot in an email <laughs> and I hit send too quickly, right? Like, I don't think everyone feels that way. It's yeah. maybe me being super type A, I'm not sure. but So there's always that internal motivation for me. What gets me tripped up is I, I try really hard to not get stressed out by the external ones, but there's always... It's Instagram, it's Facebook. Social media, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Even yeah. LinkedIn. When they send me a notification yeah. that someone else got a new job, I'm like, oh what? no, are they getting more successful than me more quickly? It's just, it's like that, I don't know if it's fear of missing out. Yeah, career FOMO. Um, I, I definitely, I agree with that. I, um, I wholeheartedly agree with that. Because I think it goes back to a little bit of where you go to school and like the type of people you're around. Because I know, like, at Penn, like, it's, you have people that are getting six-figure jobs, like, right out of college. And, yeah, you might not get a six-figure job right out of college, but, like, you might be very happy where you are, but then you see someone else who's, like, got a promotion, and you're like, well, they're not that smart. I went to class with them. They were always doing their homework last minute. How are they getting that new job? And you're just like... No, I mean, and part of it's, like, the field you choose, right? So I didn't choose a field where I was going to make six figures out of college. There was just that's not how it works. Six figures to do what I was doing. So that's I guess you have to kinda of like take that with a grain of salt and think, okay, well of course this guy's making a lot of money. He went to school and studied economics and now he's in consulting. Okay. Yeah. Or yeah, she went to school and she was pre med and she's gonna be a doctor. Of course she's gonna make more money than me. And so it's like it's not always even about the money. It's just more like you see people being fulfilled and you think, okay, am I there? Am I fulfilled? Or you see people, even not with their job, you see people getting married or having babies or Uh, even just getting a puppy. And you're like, what should I get a puppy? (laughs) You know, it's just like all those things that you see and you don't want to keep harping on them because it kind of holds you back emotionally because you just always feel like you're not 
in the right spot, even if you are in the complete right spot for yourself. But it's really hard to tune that. Yeah, it's no, it impossible. is. I, I blame I blame Zuckerberg. Um, yeah. <laughs> in, in Facebook, I think I don't have a solution for that. Besides, like, get off social media. I know for me, I've really last three months or so started cutting down, just because I was like, what is my intention with this? Why am I doing this? And I realized that for most of the part, I don't have a good reason besides like, oh, it's for me to check in on my friends. But it's like, I'm not even, I'm just like checking in on their Facebook posts about like their new cat. Yeah, you should text them and find out how they're actually doing. Exactly. Call them on the phone, schedule exactly. to meet up for happy hours and thing instead. Yeah, yeah it's, it's tough. And I, I'm kind of a lurker. I don't even like the pictures or comment on them. So what yeah. am I, what am I doing on this? Yeah, day? no, it, it, <laughs> I, I, trust me, I'm in the same boat and I'm, I'm sure pr- plenty of people do it where they're just like, oh, like I have to see if, I think that adds to kind of, both in a positive way, it can might motivate you like, oh, I have to get off my butt and like do something. But yeah, it does generate a lot of stress where you're like, oh, I have to change careers. And I think what there's, I think there's some kind of stat about how millennials are just switching jobs like now, like every like once every year or something, once every two years. I guess the norm for one of the older generations is like an average of like five, sometimes even up to ten years. So it's it's really interesting how everything are you know is kind of connected in that sense. And I guess to flip the question more so, besides what helps you live like your best life. Do you think there is such a thing as, like, the good life? Because I know there's, like, visualization, meditations, or stuff that people do where they're, like, imagine your ideal life. And I'm always a little skeptical. I'm like, well, that could be, like, your ideal life right now. But, like, like you said earlier, people change. I think in some aspects, I want to believe in that there's a good life or there's a perfect life that you could go out and live. I don't. I don't know that anyone really achieves it because there's so many things that are outside of your control. Your health, for example, you, I could walk out in the street tomorrow and get hit by a bus and maybe not die from it, but my life would probably be a heck of a lot different. So I think, one, my health. I'm really thankful for that. Two, the people in my life who some you get to choose, some you don't, and I've lucked out and gotten good people, both through choosing and not choosing. My family, I love my family, my parents, my brother, my grandparents, really positive influences on my life and just just positive people I have around me. So I'm really thankful for them and then the people I haven't chosen. I still have really, really solid friends from high school. We grew up together. We've changed over the years. We've accepted each other's changes and we've just been a strong group for over 10 years now. It's pretty exciting. And then, you know, my relationship with my boyfriend, that's one that I cherish for sure. So I think those things, health and my relationships, I've been fortunate in. And for me, that's like the things that you can really hang your hat on because your job too, that's not... I personally don't feel like that's the 100% path to fulfillment. Really? Uh, I know some people, I mean, some people would definitely differ with me on that. Um, people who start their own businesses and don't necessarily want to deal with their personal life at the same time because it's a lot to deal with, you know, maybe they would say it's the opposite, that they'd rather have a really solid, build a solid company or something, and that would lead to their perfect life. When I picture what my life looks like in 
20 years. I just picture having kids and having a stable marriage and having a nice life for my kids. I don't even, not even close to having kids yet, but that's, to me, those are the things I think of when I think of what a perfect life would be. And yeah, the job has to be good and has to be able to provide for those things. Like if I had a terrible job, I probably wouldn't want to have kids or I wouldn't be able to afford a house that would be a good place to bring up kids or something like that. I think that's really insightful what you said about, you know, relationships and health because your health, you only get one body until, you know, uh, Elon Musk makes like a way to like do, you know, like brain surgery, but you only get one body. So like you have to take care of that relationships. I feel like, especially with going back to social media, because it's so such a minimal, like it's convenient, but it's also not. It's very shallow. And so people feel like they're connecting with people, but they might not be. And so like now we have this sense that like, oh, I'm connected with everybody. I need to. But when you really look at it, I wonder if in 40 years from now, like we're going to look back and like, wow, social media really changed how we connect with people and we don't do it on a deeper level and what that impact could have um, in terms of how we feel, in terms of fulfillment. That's, that, I, I think what you said is, is really is is kind of spot on in some ways because um, I, I, I've just kind of woken up to the fact that like, oh, like my company like might not be there in six years, but the people I, hopefully the people that are my family and whatnot will be there and support me and stuff. And so you have to keep that in mind because at the end of the day, like nothing, it's about to get very like, morbid and real like nothing really matters like you know like all this is going to end like we only have one life um to live so yeah i mean that's why i think i think in terms of having children and having a family beyond just me because that's that's something that carries on longer than whatever i'm doing at my job even if i do a really great job and put forth some kind of amazing thing especially because i'm not you know, going out there and curing cancer or anything like that, it's going to have a shelf life, basically. It's yeah. it's something that's kind of fleeting versus, okay, you put a human life into the world, that's something that, that's a human life. That's that's pretty impactful. Yeah, and I know this is more, you wanted to talk more about career and stuff, but life-wise, that's, I would say, my number one priority is, is the family and relationships and things, and work is... I would say a very distant second. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah, I, I think um, it's almost paradoxical because, like, to maybe to kind of care about like your work and career, it might be important, but it's not that important. Really, what you could focus on rather is your relationships, and that way, at least, if anything else, if you have anxiety there, you have everything else that's good, and you can go back to that. Yeah, I, um, well, I mean, having someone really solid to lean on, whether it's your mom, your dad, your brother, your spouse, whoever, that helps kind of study the ship in other ways so that if there is some kind of turmoil in your career, you can go to them and use them to lean on and vice versa, right? If you have kind of a shaky home life, I'm sure there's people who really pour themselves into their work for that reason because it's something that is solid and that they can, you know, compartmentalize a little bit. I, I, I get what you're saying. I think... I was going to ask you, I guess, about advice for someone thinking about their career, but rather I think 
I guess just more generally, if you had to give like one piece of advice for someone who's like, let's say like 20, not 21, but like 22, 23, just getting out of college, who's thinking about their career, not their career necessarily to like talk about that, but rather like what are some important things that they might need to focus on in their personal life? You can take time in both your career and your personal life to figure out what's really important to you and then go after it. So don't feel like it's, don't feel like you have to do anything just because someone else is doing it or because someone's told you you should do it or something like that. I think that applies to both your personal life and your work. If you try out a job for a year and it's not right, don't be afraid to try something else. If you try 12 different relationships before you find the right person, don't feel like you have to settle down at any specific time of your life. I still feel old sometimes, being only 26. I'm like, oh no, what if I don't figure um. it out? And there's like this looming deadline of if you're not figured out by 30, then your life's never going to turn out right. So I still deal with that. Sometimes I all of a sudden feel like 30 is way too close and I'm getting too old. But then I think about it, I'm like, there's people who are 40 who haven't figured it out. There's people who are 50 yeah. who haven't figured it out. Both love and relationships and their careers. So I don't know. There's a lot to be said for figuring it out, but there's also a lot to be said for kind of being messy about it and jumping around and you don't want to, you don't want to be 75 and have no retirement savings, but at the same time, you might have lived a really cool life and that might be what you're into. Just find find what makes you happy in the way that it makes you happy. I wrote down just now, don't get tied up on time. There's no right time. I don't know if that yeah. sounds... No, that's... Yeah, I think that's a good summary. Cool. Um, well... I've already said cool like 15,000 times. Just said it again. Well, thank you, Zoe. I know your time is precious, so we'll probably wrap up. Really appreciate it. Thank you for being on the show. So until next time, I'll see you later. Thank you. And that's the show. I hope you enjoyed my chat with Zoe. What did you think? Let me know by leaving a comment below. You can also tell me what you thought was the one big takeaway from this episode. If you haven't already done so, please rate the show wherever you're listening. By leaving a rating, you're helping others find this podcast. Or whatever they're calling it these days. Thank you for your interest in living your best life, and not necessarily the good one. Until next time, live laugh, and learn.